Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 331, and the wonderful Holly Chantal is back on the show today. Hi, this is Holly Chantal, and you're listening to the Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have another conversation with Holly Chantal. Last time we talked about her story from zero to six figures in only 18 months. And today we're going to go into deeper into rejection, into the best way how you can handle indecision on a sales call. For over a decade, Holly Chantal has been helping visionary service professionals to bring their message offers and marketing into alignment with their next stage of growth. Her specialty is working with established coaches and private practitioners who have reached a revenue ceiling and want to create higher ticket offers and more scalable business models. So if you're looking for someone that can quickly grasp your vision and what you do in all of its complexity and help you to move forward in the best way, then Holly is the woman you want to call. And in case we have not met yet, I'm Christine Schlonsky, the host of Heart Sales Podcast, where I talk with inspirational, successful, heart-centered entrepreneurs and business leaders about how they became so wildly successful and the challenges they had to overcome. Some of my amazing past guests include the wonderful Bob Burke, co-author of the Go-Giver series and author of Endless Referrals, which are books I highly recommend for you to check out. They will help you on your sales journey, as well as the wonderful Susie Carter, who has worked a long time with Lisa Nichols and John Asraf and has just put out a new book, Power Your Profits, or Ian Altman, talking about same side selling on his wonderful podcast show. He's also named one of the top 30 gurus on sales globally. This episode is brought to you by Heart Sales Academy. That's the place to be if you have a wonderful gift, but you do not like sales. If you feel like sales is in your way of delivering your gift, sales just never feels good, then you want to check us out, have a sales assessment call so we can guide you on your next best step that you can take to sell with ease, grace, confidence while being authentic and also making more impact and revenue. So let's dive into this wonderful episode with Holly Chantal and let's see what she says is the best way to handle indecision in a sales call. Enjoy. Well, welcome to Hard Sales Podcast. Holly, I'm so happy that you are back on the show today. Oh, I'm so glad to see you again. This is great. Yeah, we had so much fun. I, I loved how you shared in the last episode how you went from zero to six figures in only 18 months. And we kind of left off with, you know, the piece of rejection of that fear of reaching out. You're doing cold outreach at the moment. I have done thousands of cold calls and to overcome that fear again and again and again is something that's not easy. But before we dive in, I just want to let people know a little bit of who you are and what you have accomplished. And you are actually helping visionary service professionals to bring their message offers and marketing into alignment with their next stage of growth, which I love the word alignment. It's so important that you are creating a business you love, right? We talked a lot about that, having fun in your business. And 
your specialty specialty is to work with established coaches and private practitioners who have reached a revenue ceiling and who want to create a higher ticket offer and a more scalable business model. And you are able to help them to really grasp their big vision and all its complexity and to help to decide how to move forward so that, you know, it's fun in alignment and it's impactful for their clients and also for them in their business. So let's dive in into the rejection piece because I would so love to know how you used to handle rejection, maybe in your earlier business endeavors and what you learned in the process so that now it's so much easier to overcome. That's a really interesting topic because my answer is probably not going to be what you would expect. I used to handle rejection. So let's define rejection as, you know, if I'm having a sales conversation with a, a potential client and they say, no, I'll think about it. They ghost me, whatever. Basically, it's, it's, we don't end up working together. That's what I'm going to define rejection as because there's a lot of different yeah. ways you can be rejected in your business. <laughs> True. And yes. my, how I used to handle that was just, you know, moving on, saying like, okay, they're not interested in moving on. And what I've learned through my last 10 years in business is oftentimes it's, it's not that you weren't a fit. It's not that your offer wasn't good enough. Uh, it's not that they really weren't interested. It, it actually comes down to the, uh, how well you were explaining the offer in the conversation. It comes down to uh, their confidence in themselves. There's so many other factors. And I feel like back then I was probably just giving up too quickly because I didn't want to be pushy. I didn't want to feel salesy. And, uh, and you know, to be fair, there was always other leads coming in. So the, if this is happening for you, what you really want to look at is, you know, what, what is your message saying? Like, how are you describing your, the offer when you're on the phone with someone? Um, because for me, I would fall into very process oriented language. And like, we'd have a really good conversation. We'd be really excited uh, about working together. And then it would get down to, okay, well, how does it work? And I would go into like robot mode <laughs> and very like pedantic language because that's how, like, that's how I see my work. And instead of really shifting the way I was explaining the work to put it into context for them so that they could see themselves going through the process so they could see, you know, what the outcomes were going to be that they were going to have while working together. Because even though I was very confident in uh, knowing that I could help them and know, like being able to see like why they were having the challenges they were having and knowing that I could uh, fix those for them, essentially, uh, unless I could adequately explain how that was going to work to them, um, it was asking for way too much trust up front for them to say yes. So it's basically like, yes, I know I can do it. You know, you just need to trust me, hand me a few thousand dollars and I'll make it happen. It's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I would never buy someone, <laughs> buy from someone that like was offering that, asking for that much trust up front. Cause I would want to know, okay, like, 
what happens if we don't? <laughs> what happens if we get on the phone and, and you really don't understand what I've been going through because we've only been talking to each other for 15 minutes. Like those kinds of questions, you need to be able to answer those in the call because those are all the things that are going through your prospect's head. Um, so now, so before with rejection, I would just kind of let it go, move on. Now I um, dig a little bit deeper when I'm talking to prospects and it's not in a pushy salesy way. It's really in a understanding what's actually going on through their head. So if I feel like a shift in energy, I will ask them, you know, it seems like you were really excited like five minutes ago. What happened? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where are you right now? What are you going through? What's going through your head? Do you, are you feeling scared? Are you feeling excited? Like what is happening? Are you just trying to figure something out? Like what, what changed? And this starts a really interesting dialogue where we get to talk about it. And uh, I come across as very casual anyway. So I don't have to worry about being perceived as salesy because that's just not who I am. And if you're someone that's worried about coming across as salesy, chances are you're not because that's not who you are. You wouldn't be asking yourself that question if you were someone that was really pushy. Yeah. So by having that open dialogue, it really shows your clients or your potential clients, what it is like to work with you and that you see the underlying, uh, you can sense those underlying things that are going on and are asking the right questions to help them verbalize it. Cause oftentimes they don't know. Um, so now rejection is, is, is a lot different <laughs> and uh, I'm much more comfortable having those conversations um, and which results in really better client relationships as you go on. Yeah, I, I love that because I feel that people want to be heard, they want to be seen. And your job as a coach is to point out that something is off at the moment when they shift energy, when they were excited. And now maybe right after you set the investment, they go like, ooh. And that's something that can be handled because you know you can bring them results. Yeah, and oftentimes when you've given them the, told them the investment, for example, at that point, they shift from, you know, visualizing the work and everything they're going to have and everything to all of a sudden, okay, how am I going to pay for this? And so they start calculating things in their mind and their, their focus goes somewhere else. Essentially, it really has nothing to do with you. It's that they, their focus has now shifted from uh, forward thinking to problem solving. And they get uncomfortable because they know you're sitting there waiting for an answer. So they start feeling pressure that makes them get overwhelmed and, and anxious. And, and their brain goes, Nope, goodbye. <laughs> I need to get off the phone. Like it's the, it triggers that fight or flight response for something that's very, very simple. So if you can open up that, that dialogue uh, and, and be there with them when they're experiencing that, that anxiety will actually dissipate. So by asking them, okay, like what shifted, uh, you know, are you, what, if you ask them what shifted and they'll say, well, now I'm trying to figure out, you know, how can I afford this? You know, I only have this much going in, da, 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 da. And you can have that conversation and say, you know what, I don't need an answer right this second. Let me help you, you know, let's, let's talk about it. What part of the, like, what part are you afraid of? 
Is it that, you know, you can't see yourself paying this all right now? Would a payment plan help if not? Like, or is it that you're afraid that if we're going to do all this and you're not going to get the results? So if you talk about those things and really uncover for them where that anxiety is coming from, because again, it's one of those things they don't know their brain's just overloaded. And it's like, I, I need to peace out for a second. So by, by being present with them and talking about it, it uncovers for them what's going on. And then in, if you guys listened to the last episode, we were talking about examining fear and um, seeing is it something that I really should be afraid of, or is it just a fear that's just been triggered? And for them, that's kind of what's happening right now. So if you examine, okay, what, where's the anxiety coming from? Is this something that is a legitimate fear of survival or is it something that can be easily navigated or mitigated, then you're kind of helping them work that out. And by being, again, by being there present with them, you're demonstrating what kind of coach you are. And that, because you're they're going to come into these situations when they're working with you, where you've asked them to do something and their brain's like, oh no, <laughs> like I can't yeah. do that. All yeah. these things are going to happen. And they all of a sudden they feel anxious and they don't know why, but you're going to be there to help them navigate that. And, uh, you know, come out on the other side and it's just, it becomes a service to them really. Mm. Yeah. I, I just love that because if you're really mindful of how they shifted and, you know, as you said, they're going from excitement into problem solving and to overwhelm because now they figure out like, where do I take that money from? And do you feel it's important to find out if they really want to work with you first or would you just go with the investment and then go into problem solving um, yourself? They do. Re you really do want to see, like it, you will kind of know, uh, or at least I do when it, it's like, they actually do want to work with you, but that is one of the first questions you should be asking before you go into problem solving. Cause it's not all about, um, you know, how am I going to pay for something? If someone is legitimately, going to struggle because of the investment, it might not be a good fit. Like I never sell to someone that can't afford it, if that makes sense. Um, okay. If it's going to be between paying me and paying your mortgage, paying me, paying, I had someone, I found out they weren't paying their child support. I, we stopped, we stopped work. When I found that out, I was like, nope, like this is not a good fit. Like we need, I need to feel confident that Because again, in the last episode, we were talking about you make your decisions differently when yeah. you're in survival mode. And I cannot do my best work if you are in survival mode. So we need to, you know, give you the pieces that you need to get to the point where you are comfortable making the investment. Um, but anyway, a lot of times the investment question is not actually because they can't afford it. It's uh, it's It comes from the you know, am I going, am I going to be, is this investment going to get me where I want? Um, this feels like a lot of money right now. Uh, and I'm afraid of losing that by working with you and not, and you're not delivering what you say. Sometimes what you say sounds too good to be true. And then it's, and then it's again, just a trust thing. So again, by cracking that open and talking to them, you'll get down to like, what is the real issue here? And if it's an issue of, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Well, there's your answer. Um, but if it's an issue of trust or what happens if this doesn't work, then that's really a messaging thing. Either you just didn't just didn't um, the way you describe something just didn't land for them. 
or it's just a, you, you need to be able to mitigate that risk for them. And I've asked people before, like what, you know, you a hundred percent want to do this. There's, uh, there's some fear here though. So what can I do to alleviate that fear? And they might say, you know, if, if we get on a call um, and, and I feel like you're not getting it, I, I, I want to stop. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Like if we get on a call and you, and we, we find that, um, you know, maybe what you're talking about is more complex than I think it is. That's totally fair. We'll stop work. I'll give you your money back. That's fine. Never happened. It's never happened. But if that's what you need in order to feel confident and comfortable, I'm totally okay doing that. And um, that comes up maybe like one in 10 times where someone like needs that risk reversal. Um, but I'm, I'm confident in my abilities and that I've, I'm, I'm in talking to this person, I know that we're a good fit. I know that I'm going to be able to deliver what they want, that I'm okay putting a little trust in them because I'm also asking for them to put trust in me. So it becomes a two way street. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I had that the other day. It was really interesting where a person said to me, I'm not, I don't know if I am worth that investment to myself. Ooh. Yes, that was pretty powerful. And, you know, I, I told her, well, that's a decision I can't make for you. Right. So mm. she thought about it and then she signed up, but I thought that was really interesting that a person actually has these thoughts and says them out loud because many people might mm. think that in their like, or even subconsciously, they have never invested in themselves in that level. They don't see themselves as worthy enough because they haven't produced results. And I, I think when we realize that we just can make that invitation and from that invitation, they have to decide if Right. They are worse, that kind of investment, that kind of importance they're giving themselves is not something you can handle for them. Right. Yeah. And I mean, really, the the conversation is always about them deciding for themselves. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I think that that's another really important point when it comes to these sales conversations is to to put that power in their hands where you're not trying to convince them of something like some, some coaches might react and say, you're totally worth it, <laughs> you know, and try to convince them mm. of their worth, but that's not, that's not your role in the, in this scenario. Now, okay. if I'm working with a client and they're having um, self-doubt worthiness, uh, limiting beliefs, that kind of thing, like then that's, that's something we work on because that's part of the coaching relationship. Totally. Um, but it really, the sales conversation is, is, it is all about them making the decision of, of where, do, how do they feel yeah. about the, the next steps? Yeah. Well, in, in rare occasions, right. When sometimes someone walks away because they just can't get over that hurdle, whatever that is. I don't know about you, but I feel really, really sad for them because I know it's about them and they're saying no to themselves. How do you right. deal with, I mean, do, do A, do you feel that? And B, if so, how do you deal with those emotions? Because I, you know, I keep thinking about those people and um, I, I feel really upset for them <laughs> because they have denied that success to themselves. Right. 
So <laughs> I have a little confession. I get really attached to people when we have a sale, like when we have that yeah. strategy session, I, I get so like 10 steps ahead in, in what I see for them mm-hmm. that it is so hard for me when they walk away. Uh, and so what I've, I used to get very disappointed in myself because I felt like I wasn't able to, um, I, I, it must be a communication issue on my part that they couldn't see the what I see for them. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I see, you know, and I, I just, I love their work. I love what they're doing. Like I, I just, I want to work with them so that I never make the invitation unless I feel like that hundred percent in. And the, so what I've started to do is it, I kind of send them like a good, like I set the intention for them that they are going to f- find the piece that they're missing, whether that be that um, internal belief shift, whether that be another coach that might be able to um, meet them on the level that they're looking for. Like they're, if there was a disconnect between us, but I just set the intention that they're going to find whatever the best next step is for them um, so that they can continue on their journey because I want all the good things for them. And I like, I can see their potential and I just might not be the next step to reaching that potential. They might need to take a different path or maybe I'm someone that they'll run back into later. Um, So I I try to disconnect myself from it and, uh, you know, just let them, uh, I don't know, I don't know how spiritual, but from an energetic level, like kind of give them that, that, that boost. (laughs) Yes, I totally hear you. And I'm I'm sure a lot of listeners can follow, like holding that space. And yeah, I always say like, be attached to the goal, but don't be attached to the outcome, right? You want for them to work with you if they are your soulmate client, as I call them, because if you really know you can get results and help them to be so much better off, you want to work with them. But then when they say no, not to be attached to that outcome, that direct outcome of the conversation is so important. And as you said, yeah, I'm, I'm totally, I see that potential. And it really, yeah, makes me upset sometimes when they walk away because I, I, I feel that hurt, right? Because when you see that potential and you see that they will not fulfill it right now, <laughs> then that's that's something I do. Or I will be the one helping them fulfill it. They will fulfill it eventually. Yeah, eventually. (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah. Well, after a session, it's like, let's get started, right? Or whenever the course or the coaching program, the group starts, it's um, interesting. So I'm glad I'm not not by myself with that one. (laughs) No, Um, definitely. Yeah. So I'm quite sure you've read a ton of books in your life what would be a book coming to mind that you could share with us that made a big difference in your life? Um, So not a business book, but the first book that came to mind when you asked that was The Alchemist. Have you read that book? Mm, Paulo Coelho. (laughs) Paulo Coelho. Yeah. Yeah. That, that book's been really top of mind lately. And uh, it's such a quick read and Mm. it really I don't know. It just has such a, such a profound message in it, in how you're following your path. And uh, that, that is definitely a book that I would recommend anyone, especially if you're in a, a point where you're having a hard time navigating where you are. That's kind of when I was introduced to the book 
um, was when I was in a, a point where I really wasn't sure which way I wanted to turn. And it, it felt like everything that was wrong that I was doing uh, or every step I was taking was the wrong step. And um, that, that book is definitely goes a long way to helping you kind of find your alignment and finding, mm. you know, what your next steps are. Mm. Love it. Thank you so, so much. Well, this was again, so much fun. I could talk to you forever. And I feel like we do have this, this alignment, this, the, this vibe, this, you know, helping others in, in that beautiful way of empowering them to, to sell more and to make more revenue so they can have more impact. And you brought us a beautiful gift. So it's basically a worksheet, the trailblazing trifactor. So what's the trailblazing trifecta worksheet? Yeah, so it's at trailblazingtrifecta.com. And uh, so one of the main things that I do is work on my clients with their messaging. So how they're describing their work um, in a way that attracts like their perfect match clients. So you were talking about soulmate clients. Um, and so how you're marketing yourself and what you're saying in your marketing is really going to determine who you attract. So if you're attracting clients that can't afford you um, or aren't at a place where they can take the best advantage of your work uh, or you're not, you're putting messages out there and you're not attracting any clients, usually it's a messaging thing. Hmm. And so the trailblazing trifecta will help you work through your message. And, and it's three sentences that helps you bring context to the work that you do in a way that your perfect match clients can see themselves It helps you describe the work you do in a way that is very, very clear, especially for those of you that have uh, very intangible services, like a lot of coaches, uh, they can't measure your, can't measure the return on investment in dollars and cents, for example, or what you do is a little bit intuitive and not concrete steps that people can just understand what you're talking about. Um, so it really helps you put words to all of that. And in a way that you can deliver in a uh, elevator speech at a networking event, on a webinar, um, on your website, uh, or when you're having a, a, a strategy session with someone and, and you've gotten to a point where you're making that invitation. Um, so it'll help you do that. And it's, it's very, very simple and people find it. Uh, you can do it in like 10 to 15 minutes and it'll completely change how you talk about your work. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much. Thank you for sharing that wisdom that you have accumulated and, you know, everything you, you are and your experiences and as a human being in, in this episode, I just, I just loved it there. It was so rich and I hope people took notes and I even, I hope even more they take action and get themselves to the next level because you obviously showed it can be done And you can really shorten the time. You don't need 10 years to six figures. You can do it in 18 months, maybe even faster, maybe a little bit slower, but it's definitely possible when you have fun and when your business serves you and your lifestyle as well. So thank you so, so much for sharing that. Thank you for having me. It was thank good. you. It was, it's, it's so good to talk to someone that, you know, we have had that kind of synergy. Thank you so, so much. And Everyone else saying bye for now. Have an amazing time and tune in next time. Well, I just loved both of these episodes with Holly Chantal. I hope you check them out both. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and episodes 330 and 331. 
All the links that connect to Holly Chantal are on the page. It's just one click away. Also in the resource section, you find her wonderful free gift. And also I have put an invitation there for you to join the Heart Cells Magic Workshop. That is a workshop I am going to teach live. And if you are looking for more clients, then I have a wonderful gift for you. And that is the Heart Centered Lead Generation Summit Experience, which you can check out at the Experience tab. And there I will invite you to join 40 amazing experts and their wonderful strategies to a heart-centered lead generation. Thank you so much for having been here. I hope you are enjoying those episodes. If you do, please subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends. And I am sending you lots and lots of love from Germany. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in the beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now.